I think it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My four-year-old and I have had a lot of conversations about choosing joy in life and about choice. And I've learned that actually one of the most important things to him in the entire world is to feel like he has a choice, even about little things like whether to get dressed first or eat breakfast first. I mean, things that seem really trivial to adults, that feeling like he has a choice and has agency in his life is just about the most important thing in the world to him. So that's been really interesting to embrace and to figure out how we can give him choice, not just about his belongings, but about as many things in his life as possible. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. This year, we're trying something new. We're bringing on listeners from our Spark Joy Club for a special member spotlight. We're dedicating a few episodes this year to shine the light on all of the tidying progress our Spark Joy Club members have made while listening to Spark Joy podcast and leaning on the community. Next up is Spark Joy Club member and patron Jen Kobrick. Jen is a homeschooling mom of two delightful little people and wife of a space geek in Central Florida. She loves adventure, travel, scuba diving, spending time in nature, ballet, and knitting. Her other passion is supporting parents to find more joy and connection in family relationships as a holistic family consultant with the Consciously Parenting Project. Jen has been a Spark Joy Club member for the past six months and is now officially done with making decisions about everything that she has ownership of and her kids' items as well. And she's been working with her husband as well, inspiring him to work on his sentimental stuff. So we want to talk about her Kanmari journey and how she tidied once and for all. Welcome to Spark Joy, Jen. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a little bit starstruck, actually. You guys have been so, so wonderful on my journey. Oh, well, that's very nice to hear. We're very happy to have you on the show. So you have to tell us, how did you first come across Marie Kondo and the Kanmai Method? I think I first heard of it when friends watched the Netflix show shortly after it came out. I was trying to think, and I don't think I had heard about it before that. But the way I heard about it was from people who were watching the show and sort of using this misconception of, you know, if something in the house doesn't spark joy to me, then I'm getting rid of it, even if it's not mine, mostly with kids things. (laughs) And so I had a lot of resistance to the idea of it when I first heard about it, because I kept hearing that and I kept going, but my kids would kill me if I got rid of their stuff. Like they would never trust me again if I got rid of their stuff without asking. So I heard about it for, I think, most of a year before I finally took the plunge and decided to learn more for myself instead of just hearing all this second, third hand (laughs) information. Awesome. And 
when you decided to jump in, what were you trying to accomplish? What was your your vision when you originally set out to get organized? So I have pretty much always had a lot of stuff. My house has been pretty full, but I'm very organized. So it was, you know, sort of like packed to the max, but I could find everything and I knew where everything went. And then we had a second child. And so we pulled all of the baby and little kids stuff back out from closets and stuff. And of course, got new gifts for the second baby. And so then suddenly it was at a level where like there was no clear surface to set something down. I couldn't cook a meal because the entire kitchen counter was covered with stuff that had become permanently landed there. It was hard to walk. We have a huge front room that we use as a playroom, and it was hard to walk through there. And so there just came a point where I was like, I don't care (laughs) how this happens, but somehow this has to get to a manageable level. Um, And so the the tagline of, you know, life-changing is what stuck out to me from KonMari of this needs to be a life change, not just a a purge forever. (laughs) Can you tell our listeners a little something about the layout of your home and and maybe describe a little bit about the the project that lay before you when you began the KonMari method? Sure. So we have a pretty average suburban type house, a three-bedroom, two-bathroom. We have a large front room that I think is supposed to be a dining room, but we use it as a playroom and a very large kitchen, which is one of the things I really loved when we first looked at this house, that it's a really large kitchen with a really huge island and all of that open space to cook and to have crafts and you know all the things. And then we have a, a living room in the back and three bedrooms. And it was really, I mean, the closets were packed full. There were shelves on every spot of the wall that were all packed full. Every countertop, every surface was packed <laughs> when we started this. Wow. And when you first started, can you remember what the first category or even the first item that you tidied, that first decision of does it spark joy? Yeah, so we decided to start as a family. So we started with clothes by making a separate pile of each person's clothes. So we had four little mountains all next to each other (laughs) in the guest room. And so the first thing that I personally made a decision about was I have this purple sweater that is like it fits perfectly and it's my favorite color and it's so soft and so cozy. And I knew even before I started making my pile, I kind of like held it to the side and was like, I'm going to make sure that's on the very top because I want that to be the first thing I pick up because I know that that's the feeling that I want to remember as I go through everything else. From that point on, how often did you tidy and what was the pace? You know, we talk a lot about this idea of what it means to finish all at once. How long did the whole process take you to finish? So it took about seven months total. We started in September and I just finished and my husband is still working through his sentimental items. And at the very beginning, it went really quickly. The clothes were pretty fast. And then at first I had this idea that because we started together, we were going to finish together. And so I was sort of waiting for my husband to finish clothes because He has a very busy work schedule, and so he wasn't able to work on it as often as I was. 
And so while I was waiting for him, I started going through all of the other sizes of kids' clothes, all the kids' clothes that didn't currently fit, and then felt like I should fold all of those when I put them back in the bins in the closet, the ones that I was keeping for them to grow into. And that just was a lot of folding (laughs) all at once. In retrospect, I wish I had sort of spaced that out more, like done one size and sort of folded it instead of sorting all of them and then being left with this massive mountain of folding. So between those two things, I kind of got derailed from it. And finally, after I think it was like two months where I basically didn't tidy anything, that I finally realized that I needed to just move on with the next category of my own things and let my husband take the time he needed and not be trying to force him to go faster or stalling my own journey by not moving on with the next category. So once I kind of got restarted, things went, you know, progressed pretty steadily. So I would say if you took out the part where I was stalled in the middle, it only took four or five months, but start to finish was about seven months. You know, that's really interesting that you mentioned that about your husband's process being different than yours. And I think that, you know, for very practical reasons, a lot of times one member of the family or one partner will just have way more things, whether it's the clothing category or the books category or any category. But I also think it's kind of interesting that your initial thought was, we'll try to do this together. And I can definitely see kind of the rationale for that because of the ability to kind of motivate each other. But I think in the end, it sounds as though you you charted the course that was right for you. You know, we talk about that the length of time it takes usually depends on two factors, and that's the amount of things in a category and the length of time it takes a person to make decisions on each individual item. And I think you really saw that in real time in your home. Yeah. And what was really interesting about it, uh, a couple of things that were really interesting about it, actually, one was that the reason that we wanted to do it together as a team was that I didn't want to feel like I was taking ownership of things that belonged to both of us, especially when we got to kimono. So I didn't want my husband to be behind and then not be involved in making those decisions. In the end, he just kind of did some things out of order because anything in the house that belonged to both of us as we got to kimono, I would just, you know, sort of make a pile and say, hey, go through these with me and then go back to your own stuff that's sort of earlier in the process. But the other thing that was really interesting is that I learned through this that I make decisions on a very instinctive level. Like I pick something up and there's a spark and I know and that's it. And there's no like second guessing that decision. And my husband makes decisions very thoughtfully and he wants to pick something up and like look at it and take it in and hold it and think about it and make a really intentional decision. And there's nothing wrong with either of those, but that's totally how we are in the rest of our lives too. Like I see something and I'm like, yep, that's the right opportunity. I'm following that path. And my husband will think and really consider and like make pros and cons lists I don't know that I ever really knew that about him in that way before doing this. I think you just illustrated a aspect of Kanmari that really doesn't get as much attention. It's not often glamorized, but the fact that this decluttering process really does help you get stronger in your decision making and even learn how you make decisions and, and honor that and own it. 
that's a beautiful example. I'm curious, Jen, uh, when we consider that you're solo tidying, what were the tools that you leaned on and mentioned you were inspired by the Netflix and things? Were there other tools that you leaned on during this journey? Yeah, so I did actually go back and read Marie's books when I was in that stalled period. um, And that helped me realize that I needed to work on my stuff and let go of working on the kids stuff and my husband's stuff for the time being. And also during that period is when I found your podcast because I was looking online and I was going, there has to be something since there are no consultants near where I live. There has to be something else that can help me figure this out. (laughs) And so the podcast was... I mean, I I think I binge listened to more than half the episodes in a couple of weeks (laughs) and then decided to join the Spark Joy Club because I had questions about some of the things I was listening to and some of the decisions I was coming up against that I wasn't sure where to go. So it's been really awesome to be able to post questions and get ideas from other people. So originally, I joined the Spark Joy Club wanting that interaction online And the Joy Journal was kind of like, okay, it's included. And when it got here, it actually, I think, made more difference than anything else. Because at the beginning of our journey, we did sit down and talk about a vision, but we kind of had no idea where to start or what to think about. And so our vision was kind of, we want the house to be less of a mess. And that was it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not really... You know, that's not, that doesn't give a lot of guidance. So the questions in the Joy Journal to really work through where I am and where I'm going and what is important, I came out of that part of the Joy Journal with such a really vivid idea of what I want from my life. That really, I mean, the pace of tidying picked up so much after that because I would just refer back to that mental picture and it was instantly I knew whether something fit that or didn't fit that. Oh, I'm so glad to hear. <laughs> Thank you, Jen, for sharing that these, these were helpful to you. You not only leaned on the podcast, binged that, you joined the Spark Joy Club. We were so happy to have you and you were a very thoughtful, active member of the club. And I'm so glad to hear that the Joy Journal pushed your vision forward because really that was my original intention when I made that tool where it really does help you get started. It's your tidying companion. It it gets right to it, what you need to jump into and and be thorough about. And if you're listening to Jen's story and you feel like you need a little bit more guided accountability or just a place to start, listen to how you could join the Spark Joy Club. Here's more. The question, does it spark joy, is a simple one, but not so easy to execute alone. Extend your tidying experience by joining the Spark Joy Club, our online community filled with our clients, fellow listeners, and Kamari enthusiasts ready to support your journey. If you find yourself buried under clothing, stuck on storage, or pointing fingers at untidy housemates or family members, we want to help you finish your tidying journey once and for all. Support the show at the Joy Riser level and receive access to our exclusive virtual community, as well as the Tidy Home Joy Journal, your number one tidying companion. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click on join the club to get started. And now back to the show. 
I found the podcast super helpful, but I actually found that I could not listen to the podcast while sorting. And it's great if other people can, but I found that I really needed to be fully mentally present with the things that were said in the podcast episodes to be able to really take that in. And I also found that I needed to be really completely present with my things when I was making decisions or else I would start getting into this like, well, it fits in the drawer, so I should keep it. Or, you know, the old patterns of it might be useful someday, so I should keep it. And that I had to really be 100% mentally focused to be able to think consciously about every decision and not fall into those old patterns again. You know, that's really interesting that you say that about preferring quiet when you were organizing, because that's also what Marie preferred. So... You're in good company with that. But of course, you know, as you said, everyone's different. So some people love listening to the podcast while they're tidying and other people listen at a different time. But I think finding what works for you is a super most important thing. You talked about the two months that you kind of put things aside. But I'm curious about other maybe categories or subcategories that you found really challenging. And also maybe a little bit about the kinds of questions that you brought to the Spark Joy Club that you found help and support with? So one of the biggest challenges that I had was that because of having young kids, there was no way that I was going to find three to five hours to tidy all at once, at least not without having childcare on a regular basis. So I had to find ways to do little teeny bits of tidying so that I could work it in either when the kids were playing by themselves or after they went to bed. And uh, I found that that there was a period where I was holding out for a long chunk of time and then it just kept never happening. And it also took a lot longer total than I expected. I think I had this idea that I was going to tidy in like a week. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that with a big house and two small kids to take care of. But <laughs> So there came a point where I had to really decide that this was going to be a priority and let go of some other things in the schedule temporarily. Um, like we stopped going to story time at the library for about a month and a half and things like that so that I could have some chunks of time that we would otherwise be running around doing other things. As far as posting in the group, I remember the very first thing I posted about was about having this mountain of kids clothes to fold you know, thinking, you know, how am I going to get through all of this kid stuff? And I'm just like, ugh, about dealing with it. And several people commented along the lines of like, the, you're always going to have to fold stuff. So just put on a good podcast and get on with it and fold stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Kristen posted something in response to that, you know, sort of saying, well, don't do the kid stuff then right now. Do your stuff. And then the kids' stuff can kind of be its own tidying event separate from your stuff. That was the point where I really gave myself permission to not worry about the kids' stuff and just, you know, deal with my own stuff first. And the kids' stuff did end up getting done. So it did not become mm. a put it on hold forever. <laughs> That's amazing that it wasn't a put it on hold forever because that's a perfect example of how you put your own oxygen mask on first and did it help you kind of almost recharge some boundaries in your space as well? It did over time, for sure. I mean, I, I already had the idea going in that especially my four-year-old stuff was his stuff to make decisions about. 
my younger child is only 15 months. So obviously I'm making decisions largely for her. Mm -hmm. But I think that in general, I took ownership of the kids' stuff outside of the things they're attached to, like their clothes, you know, like bibs (laughs) (laughs) and towels and, you know, the things that are, that are kid related, but that the kids really don't care whether it gets kept or not. Yeah. And so this definitely helped me realize which things in our house really are mine and which things really intrinsically are joyful to me as opposed to making my life as a parent easier or things like that. I like that. So tell us a little bit about how your tidying event has impacted other areas of your life. Has it impacted other areas of your life at this point? So many areas of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had some really profound realizations through this process. Besides the practical tidying support from you guys, I also worked with other people in my life around other emotional issues that were coming up and patterns in my life. One of the big things that came up was I had this idea that joy was a luxury that only rich or self-indulgent people would have or want and that normal people should only care about usefulness and security and safety. And I realized that so many of these decisions I was making from that idea were rooted in fear, in fear of not having enough of something, of not being able to get something that I needed, of a lack of a thing, meaning that my quality of life wouldn't be okay. And, you know, not not that usefulness and safety and those things don't matter up to a point where the basic needs are covered. But beyond that point, I learned that I have so much choice and that that choice is empowering. And that even if I choose, you know, to have more than someone else might have of something, that that even that is my choice, that I have the power to make those choices for myself. And that has just been incredibly empowering. Wow. And do you feel like you were able to inspire others to kind of make similar life-changing decisions or or realizations? I think it's a work in progress. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My four-year-old and I have had a lot of conversations about choosing joy in life and about choice. And I've learned that actually one of the most important things to him in the entire world is to feel like he has a choice, even about little things like whether to get dressed first or eat breakfast first. I mean, things that seem really trivial to adults, that feeling like he has a choice and has agency in his life is just about the most important thing in the world to him. So that's been really interesting to embrace and to figure out how we can give him choice, not just about his belongings, but about as many things in his life as possible. And my husband and I have also had a lot of really interesting conversations about these patterns and our behavior and where they come from. And uh, we've started to really ask each other why, because under everyone's clutter is a why. You know, there's a set of Mm -hmm. stories and ideas and beliefs, and those drive the actions. 
And if we want to change the actions, we have to get underneath to the why and bring that out where we can talk about it and examine it and make changes. Both that those conversations really bring stuff out into the open, but also that those conversations are where we get to know each other so much and to understand each other and our history and our patterns and, you know, who we are. That's amazing that you were able to really dig deep there and figure out the root of how these things came to be uh, in your home and in your life and the bigger picture, the larger message there. And you shared, you know, that powerful observation that you really do like to have the choice and you're embracing choice and redefining what enough means for you. Was there anything else that you discovered that you didn't know before you started tidying? <laughs> that it's not about the stuff. <laughs> At least not not the life changing or the magic. None of that is about stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I joke that I didn't get what I was looking for from Kanmari, that I came looking for a cleared off kitchen counter and instead I got in touch with my authentic self. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So we have to ask, do you have a favorite tidying tip? So I sort of have three that fall under the heading of how to get through your stuff when you have kids, especially little kids. So my absolute most favorite tidying tip is a mother's helper. A mother's helper is kind of like a babysitter, except that you don't leave. So it's frequently someone who isn't really ready for the responsibility of being left with kids yet. So in our case, it's a a 13-year-old who's a homeschooled kid. So she's available during the day. And we pay her, you know, less than we would pay a babysitter. But she plays with the kids and keeps them occupied and feeds them snacks. And I'm there if they really need anything, but I can have the headspace and the physical space to make decisions. And now that I'm done with tidying, I can have some space to, you know, do some yoga or work through my unfinished business from the tidying. I mean, it's a win for everybody. She gets some spending money and some responsibility. The kids get effectively a big sister and they adore her. And her mom gets some time off and I get some time off. And a mother's helper is really just a win for everybody. And then the other parts of that is the super, super, super small subcategories. If you have little kids and you're trying to tidy while they're around is, you know, if your subcategory would be kitchen utensils, divide that down into spoons and spatulas as separate, you know, and that way you can feel a win of knocking out one teeny little subcategory. And then if the kids are still occupied, maybe you can knock out a second teeny little subcategory. And then the third part of that was to leave the kids stuff aside, even if it feels like the kids stuff is the clutter. I found that once I took ownership of my own stuff and made decisions about my own stuff and figured out what brings me joy, that the kids stuff was so easy and painless by comparison. Great tips. I know our moms out there are going to love those. Amazing work, Jen, really. And at this very moment, what sparks the most joy in your life? So besides my kids, of course, because they really are delightful little humans, 
the thing that right at this moment is really just putting a smile on my face is my bed. (laughs) So at the end of this process, we started painting. Our house had some really like bright orange and yellow paint on the walls when we moved in. It was really awful. And so we've been painting a much more neutral color. And just last week, I pulled out one of my grandmother's quilts and put it on the bed And I wasn't even thinking about the new wall color when I put it on the bed, but I put it there and then stepped back and realized that the color just complements the wall color so perfectly. And so now every time I walk in my room, I have to just stop and look at the quilt and the wall and admire how put together that part of the house looks. (laughs) So Jen, do you have any final words of encouragement for someone who is going about their tidying a journey on their own? independent from leaning on uh, a Conrad consultant. Yeah. So one thing I think is really helpful to realize is that support doesn't have to be physical in-person support to be helpful. That support by video or online can be really impactful. And the other thing that I think is really helpful is to focus on choosing joy in general in life, especially in small ways and allowing that joy and your vision to become the lens for your life. And the stuff and the sorting of the items that might seem overwhelming almost becomes an afterthought if you're looking at each little piece of your life through that lens. We'll end it right there because that says it all, Jen. We are so proud of you and all of your progress. Thank you so much for supporting our show as a patron and being so live and active in the Spark Joy Club, we really do appreciate you and your work and the what you got out of this process is just absolutely amazing. Thank you. And thank you guys for bringing this to everyone in such an accessible format because it has really been enormously helpful for me. And I'm sure that there are many, many other people who found it very helpful too. Oh, thank you, Jen. That's so nice to hear. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and review the show, which helps us reach others along their tidying journeys. To extend your tidying experience, you can join the Spark Joy Club. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click join the club to become a member of the Spark Joy community or join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in. And we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your hosts, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media Inc. or the Kamari Consultant Community.